0: Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 198 of Stream Thought. I'm here with Victor talking about the frustrations that we have when it comes to security. How secure are the buildings that we enter into? And what can those security people do? Sometimes we just wonder, would it be better if the mob was back in control of all of these security issues that we have complaints about? Well, you'll have to listen and find out.
1: We also talk about... Fountain pens, and why they 're so freaking awesome to write with, in addition to that, I mentioned some of the things I witness at the gym that are some of my pet peeves. It might be a venting victor i 'll leave it up to you to figure out. so with that being said, episode number one hundred and ninety eight a stream of thought we hope you enjoy <laughs> This is one of the mysteries of the universe that may never be solved. I do not understand why people think it is acceptable to just leave your weights all over the floor and not put them back where you at least found them, even if it does not go in the correct spot. At least where you found them so there's not this heaping mess, this footprint... So to speak in the gym, you need to decrease your footprint, whoever the people are that just leave the weights where they're, you know, all over the floor, out of place. Like, dude, just put them back.
0: Dude, honestly, I feel, I feel like, I don't know, I I don't want to, I don't want to like bring the pandemic into all this, but it feels like that type of person has been exposed on kind of a global scale as to how you care about other people and stuff like that. Dude, I mean, the whole weight thing, that was something in college, something after college, has always been an issue. It's like, who are these people? Who are these people who just don't care about the person that comes after them? <laughs> like, bro. Bro. Right? And
1: Because I'll go to a certain spot, and what I'll do every once in a while is while I'm taking a break in between sets, I'll clean up the weights that are around me, and I'll just do a few at a time. And the time that it took out of my out of my day anywhere between 30 and 60 seconds and it looks a thousand times better and cleaner and you know don't get me started on the weights in the racks that are disorganized oh that's both, the worst both the free weights and the dumbbells yes. oh my goodness and i'm just thinking like who you know, it's the same people probably that scream at the gym. Do you remember the gym that was over by Neil's house, uh, Planet Fitness? Planet
0: Fitness, yo, yes. I'm very familiar they with got, that. They got
1: like that purple-yellow uh, color scheme. In their gyms, they have what's called a lunk alert. And it's this light that, you know, is, uh, it's affixed to the wall. It's this light, it has a siren sound too, or an alarm, and it goes off, and the lights spin, and the sound is honking, or whatever it does. Whenever somebody in the gym, you can hear them, uh, uh, or then when they're banging the weights really loud, they have the lunk alert to tell them to, you know, hey, shut the
0: fuck up. Wait, like this is an actual thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is Planet Fitness, this is a regional gym i think i don't know where else it is i only have seen them in north in the chicago suburbs when somebody is doing something like that that goes off or yeah so whoever's at the front desk or somebody you know someone at the front desk hits the button when you hear someone grunting extremely loud or pretty much any behavior that would make anyone else there feel inferior to that person Wow. Right? So their whole thing is like, anyone can work out. Don't be, don't be bossy. Don't be a dick because you're muscular and you know what you're doing. And there's someone else that doesn't know what they're doing. So that alarm goes off anytime. Predominantly, it's just when you're grunting or any sounds or actions where people would be like, where it would disturb others. So wow. How often did this happen? I only uh, witnessed it one time. I think I wasn't a regular member. I just go there sometimes, Right. but I feel like for some reason in my head, I think that I was the one that made it go off (laughs) by clanking the way. I don't know. For some reason I feel like it was me, but I don't do that stuff. So at the same time, I think that maybe because it's very obvious when it's that person, it was happening the other day and some people, they do their thing. It's kind of annoying, like, shut up. And others, it's like, dude, the whole freaking room can hear you. Shut up. I'm on the opposite side of the room, and you're being so annoying. Shut up.
0: The reason why I don't do fitness centers, it just, it just, I mean, the when people go there, I don't know, you you are probably, it feels like kind of the minority, because a lot of times, it feels like people go there to show off or to to show how masculine they are. And that's... Just not something... I, I feel like I can do all the things that are necessary for my body should I choose at home or, you know, with a, with a personal weight set. So,
1: I don't know, man. Everybody goes to the gym. It's not one type. That's just the lens that you choose to look through. The filter. Yeah. That's why you see it that way. I mean, because I'm there all the time and everyone there is totally normal. Every once in a while you have that guy who's just like everyone's like who is this guy but everyone there is pretty nice and no they no excuse me. <clears throat> everyone knows what they're doing right. i have not had any negative experiences at the gym in regards to personality types i'll say that in my entire experience working out i've never had a negative experience because somebody else is being a dick so
0: so no no meathead coming up to you saying bro those are my weights nothing no. like that
1: no it's at the most it's like oh I'm using that and I'm like okay whatever I don't care <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but what bothers me also is when you're there because you have to do your exercises based on the traffic that's in the gym right yes for example some people I see this one guy he grabs he grabs like three different sets of dumbbells, a couple free weights he's going between two or three different machines he has his old his whole setup. And that is acceptable when nobody else is at the gym, right? When there's one or two other people, that's fine, whatever. But when the room is even at, you know, 25% capacity, there's enough people in the room where one of them might want to use one of the seven different things you have going on there. And they can't use it because you're using them all at the same time.
0: So can I ask what you think the mentality is of these people cuz I don't I don't go to gym so I don't first come first serve. So they can take seven different things like I'm here for it's like it's like if I if I if oh, I lick I it know. then it's mine kind of thing or is it No,
1: I mean if you if you're using like when I walk in sometimes uh I just happen to walk in this 5 or 10 minute window where it's so crowded all the like there's nothing available where I want to work out in the area that I want to work out. So I'm like, well, this sucks. I turn around, I go do some exercise and maybe I'm into it. Maybe I'm not. And then I come back and like the room is empty. How the hell did this happen? But for the most part, when you walk in, it's like, yeah, they were all there before you walked in the room. So you can't use the equipment. You need to just come back at a late. Like, it's just, that's how it is. It's a public space. It's public use. So I don't get me, I don't get worked up about, sharing equipment and i again i've never had a bad experience but you gotta i try and keep in mind what i'm using based on the number of people in the room and the probability that 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 the weights at that point might be pretty sparse
0: right and so here's the thing i could totally understand if somebody was using two pieces of equipment but if they're if they're going around to like four stations or something like that that becomes a Dude, little like excessive it...
1: really really this this is not your home gym i have not seen that when it's super crowded i've only seen it when i thought to myself hmm that move is it's questionable i would not be doing that with this number of people in the room but at the same time it's borderline so he can kind of get away with it whatever that's what caught my attention like if i see it early in the morning I don't think anything of it because right. there's no one at the gym. It's whatever. But I'm I try and always think of other people in my time, how much time I'm using on each thing.
0: And and I, I wonder about the question about flexing, right? Like look look at all the different things that I'm oh doing. Oh my gosh, kind of
1: thing. dude. I don't do I No. I do that to a very tiny degree and that i my shirt is re, remains on i do not roll up my sleeves but i just look at the overall pick i mostly do it because it feels because you have all this blood going through your arms or through your chest and your back and because i like the feeling not to check myself out but because everything feels so tight tight yes. and operating and there's testosterone going through and usually i have my uh, yerba mate tea, which has a little bit of a little, it's got like forty milligrams of caffeine in it, and so when I'm at the gym, usually I'm like ready to kind of like attack, and so it just feels kind of nice. Here's
0: the follow-up: the 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 mirror, the mirror look. I don't know if there's a term for it or something like that. Just watch, watching yourself in the mirror, right? What's what's the proportion of the exercises that you do? that you watch yourself in the mirror for form versus just saying, look at me. I'm a badass. Look look at me pick up these 65-pound weights and do my lateral lateral
1: pulls. It's going to be form 99%, and that 1% is the moment that I'm done with the exercise, and I look at myself, and it's, hell yeah, Vic, you gave it your all. And then boom, on to the next thing that's I don't ever check myself out or do dumb shit like that, and the flexing the flexing when I'm thinking of it when you say it, I'm thinking of people who actually look in the gym and do this all this dumb shit like I don't it's weird because I again, I just I sometimes see it in the mirror sometimes I don't, but it's just the the actual movement feels it feels like I said nice, but the whole look I don't know. I think there's uh, subgroups. Because some will, like, some have that look. You're looking at them, and I'm like, dude, I know you're checking yourself. Like, it's weird. But then you have others that are looking at themselves, and they're giving a more, the look that they're giving themselves is more analytical. So you can tell they're actually, like, scientifically looking at themselves as opposed to, like, uh, checking themselves See, out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: because like, I was, like, 50-50 back in the day, like, college, post-college. It was, like... Half checking form, the other half saying, dude, you know, look at me. Like, oh, this is all, all these, all these sinews and muscles. Mmm, baby. I just, I just want to, I want to absorb the flavor, etc. Like now I'm not, I, I'm definitely not like that anymore. But that, that used to be kind of something where it was, it was, it was a, it was a self-psychological flex, if that makes sense. You know, it happens, right? But you, you grow up, you grow out of it. But
1: yeah. speak hope people grow out of uh leaving shit all over the place and start cleaning up after themselves anyway what were you gonna say
0: oh no i was talking about uh speaking about flexes uh the the conversation i just got off of with uh my white collar support group um i don't know this was this was something where i felt like i i wanted so hard to flex because uh the conversation was about uh writing your story and being able to like to put your, put your thoughts down into words and whether it's a first person narrative, uh, an autobiography or a fictional tale do that. And so we had all these people who were aspiring authors, you know, former rehabilitated individuals from the white collar community, um, uh, talking about their, their journey into writing and all that. It's like, i was thinking to myself i i had my first book published when i was 13 years old like that like that and i still have it like here and i don't know i felt i felt i felt like i had something to offer to the conversation but they were all just flexing on each other as to well, I'm in the process of getting published. Well, I've written a book and it's ninety percent complete. All this, <laughs> all this sort of stuff. Which they're all trying to one up each other. And at that point, I'm thinking to myself, "Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's not it's not worth it." But I don't know. I, I would, bro.
1: I published my first book when I was thirteen. I was ha- like, I was this close to you. saying
0: that. I restrained myself, though. That was not. I would have said it for sure, <clears throat> but put the nail on the coffin, and <laughs> shut them all up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when, uh, when others are flexing, when you know you can do better and you probably have that same experience when you go to the gym too, with people who leave the weights all over the place, you're like, seriously, bro. Like I could, I could probably take all of those weights combined and
1: put them over my head. And here you are act, acting like the boss. And that includes all of them. That includes all that includes the weights, you know, the two 45 pound plates plus 125 plus 110 that are left on the bench press that no one is using. It's like, dude, other people, that's not, I, you know, most people can lift a 45 pound plate without thinking about it. There are people who will really struggle with that, so just take it off the freaking thing and put it back in the 45-pound rack. Where is he? With not just... the 25, not on the 10, <laughs> back on the 45. Dude, I don't get it. I've always been – see, I've always been extremely organized and very clean since I was a child. Very, very organized and clean. Everything. My room, my desk at school, my like my clothes, my to- – like everything.
0: Right. But you also have, like, consideration for others, too. Like, you care that it's not just you using this. You know somebody's
1: going to come in afterwards. What was your experience like when we would lift weights at Glombard West? Because when we li- lifted weights at Glombard West, the only time that we really did it, I'm sure you did it for football. We never did it for soccer, but we did it for track. We were on, We were in track together, and so we lifted it then. And I think in gym class... And if you were in regular gym class, it was, like, a once or twice a semester. It was, like, you never touched it. But I think I did a strength training class. I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
0: That was – well, and that was one of those things, too, where our coaches, like, for football or whatever, would always yell at us to make sure that the weights were put back in proper positions. So we were kind of – we are trained through – um through yelling, I guess I don't know if that makes sense, but
1: yeah, uh, negative reinforcement. N- yeah,
0: negative reinforcement, exactly. And so for me, it's just it it just it triggers something in me if a weight is not put back in the right position or in the right like wheel where it should be, dude. I that that bothers me so much. People who who can't m- muster the uh, the stamina to be able to just put it back the way you found it, right. It'll make everyone's el- everyone else's life just a little bit easier. Now, speaking of anxiety, you don't have in your apartment an in-place in washer and dryer, right? You've got to use a communal one, correct?
1: Yes, it is in the basement and... It's sweet because I literally just go down the steps to flights and boom, I'm there. I don't have to do any other walking. I just walk up down the steps that are right outside my apartment door and let's go straight down to the basement. And
0: that was the case when I was in Minneapolis. When I was living back in Wheaton, we actually had an in, in apartment washer and dryer. Holy cow, that is a freaking game changer. Now, what happens if you're living in a a building that houses four other human beings and
1: your washer ends up breaking. (laughs) It sounds like your mom or dad or you or someone has to call up, the guy to fix the washer
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i know it's a, it's not a trick question dude i'm, I'm like oh. it's just it i'm i 'm thinking to myself because this actually happened. This happened the exact same week that they were redoing the driveway and they were have, uh, supposed to have the tree trimmers come in and drive into the driveway, drive over a lawn to to trim all the trees up front. All this was supposed to take place during the time that the sidewalk was being installed and so now, we've been without a washer for probably about a week and a half or so. Thank God from, what is it, like two episodes ago when I was talking to you about, like, the number of shirts and shorts and underwear and all this other shit that I have. Thank God, because my underwear, like, basket is just overflowing. I can I can hold off, right, for a certain period of time. Here's the thing. Because my family likes to do this in moments where we can't actually ha- have an immediate solution, like a new washer or something like that. Not going to come for a couple more days. So I had, my parents gifted me when I moved up to Minneapolis, uh, a portable washer dryer. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those things before.
1: It, I've never heard it's of
0: that. It's literally, uh, I would say probably about... Eh, six feet by four feet like so you know kind of portable and you've got the the washer cycle and the dryer cycle and I still to this day do not know how it works but my parents were like we need to have something to be able to wash basic essentials more or less so I had to go to my storage facility take that out bring it bring it back let my parents figure out how it worked and so that's kind of the the stopgap that we have right now, where, thank God, they had gotten me this. Otherwise, I don't know, other than, like, washing it in a bucket and putting it out, like, on one of those dryer lines out in the back of the house and just letting the wind dry it, you know, clear. I don't know what else we would do. So, dude, there's always a
1: way. There's So they're trying a to way. figure out, you guys are trying to figure out how to use it? You never used it before?
0: I've never used it. My parents apparently know how to use it. My my mom, anyway, knows how to use it, so it's in her hands. Um, I probably should know how to use it. Never used it in my apartment because in Minnesota we had the the communal washer and dryer, so it was never something that was kind of a priority. But now, kind of kind of wish that I'd learned the ropes.
1: I keep hearing from people how owning a home sucks because. Uh... Stuff like that is always breaking, and you have to replace it, and it's unexpected, and it's like, what the hell? Who do I call out here? How much is this going to cost? Do I to get it fixed? Do I get it replaced? What the fuck is going on?
0: Oh, so, someone's installing a sidewalk in front of your house. What do you have to do to,
1: <laughs> to figure that out? Yeah. Yeah, man. Right? No, like, all the maintenance that's required to just maintain a house. Inside and outside. Yeah
0: it's it's a lot. I'm I'm yeah, kind of kind of trying to wrap my head around the uh, the complexities or something like that, but it is what it is.
1: So I'm walking into sprouts the other day, and as I'm walking in, I hear uh, something like, we have your photo, we have your photo, Miss, Miss, we have your photo. And, I'm pay- and then I start paying attention, and there's this lady walking out. She's, she walks past me with a bag full of groceries, kind of uh, walking quickly. And the security is just walking after her, like trying to take a picture or something. And I knew immediately what happened because I was in that shit, and I'm so happy I don't do it anymore, was they stole a bunch of stuff, and they just walked the fuck out. Because you can do that and get away with it over and over and over again.
0: No kidding.
1: And then you, and if you get caught, you get put in handcuffs. You maybe have to identify them. You know, I did that one time because they caught her on the street in the shoes and I had to identify who it was. And then they spend the night in jail and then they just are released because the company's not going to press charges against degenerates. The company doesn't care about that. It's, it's more cost-effective to forget about it than to pursue legal action. So someone stole some wine, or, or who cares, someone You know, they'll get involved if, some, if it's a regular person stealing large amounts of money or there's some type of racket going on, like with vitamins. Well, yeah. But $13, $15 here and there by people that don't have a home or are mentally impaired, they don't care. And on... uh And the other side of that coin is that the security that they hire, uh, the level of security that they have purchased from this company does not permit the one guard to apprehend anybody. All they can do is try and stand in the way with their fucking hands up and they either get pushed to the side or they walk around, but you can't grab them, you you can't touch them. And I'm thinking... What the, when did society get so soft? Who the fuck cares? Snatch that shit out of their hands.
0: So to be perfectly honest, that actually is something that I've heard. I forget if it was like a late night show host who was interviewing somebody who had been one of those security guards who would just, they were talking about this, this whole thing where it's like, why are you hiring us if we can't do anything? And that was the kind of this perpetual question and I don't know, man. I mean, as as much of a pacifist as I am, if it's you gotta, you gotta be able to do something about that. I'm, I, I'm hesitating to say like fucking tackle him, but in my mind, I'm saying you gotta.
1: In big picture, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's not my inventory. It's not my money. It's ne- I don't. You know, it really does not matter. But. What happens is they learn there's no consequences, so it becomes a regular thing. Honestly, I got to the point where when I would see people that looked shady, I didn't even fucking care. I don't steal however much you want to steal. I'm not gonna make a fuss about it because I've learned through experience that when I when I try and do uh, the right thing or follow protocol or whatever, it becomes more of a hassle than what it's actually worth. And then there you know nothing. Happens. It's a huge headache. You know how worked up I get when there is no common sense or consistency in anything.
0: Well, the fact, too, dude, that the system is working against the people who want to enforce the system, where it's like, sorry, you can't enforce the system because that's part of the system
1: kind of thing, it seems so counterintuitive. Yes, but the weed dispensaries they got folks with body armor, a pistol, a taser, handcuffs, a nightstick. Like they they're not screwing around. The dispensaries are not screwing around. The grocery stores, well, some of them. Ralph's actually has a big dude with a gun and a taser and a pair of handcuffs and they're allowed they're allowed to apprehend people. So it depends on the level of security that you hire. No shit. Right. I didn't th- I they didn't think can, about the weed dispensaries. That's that's nuts. Holy crap. Oh yeah. They always have someone at the door checking ID. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that there's different levels that you witness. And uh it's funny because I think Beverly Hills and West Hollywood, maybe just West Hollywood, they have always a couple people riding around. These dudes, uh these guys and girls they wear. You know, black pants or black shorts with a dark blue uh, polo that says security on the back of it. And then they have a helmet and then green, a green bicycle. And they just, this is their job. Because what's really going to happen in West, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen in West Hollywood, Brotherhood Hills? They just hang out all day riding around bikes. They probably get paid like $9 an hour or something stupid like that. $12 or 50 I don't even know. And you're, you know, when I see that, I think junior, junior police officer, but like, you can't do anything. What I would hate to be in a position where you're, where you are not given, you're not allowed to utilize the resources to the maximum extent. Right. Like if you're telling me to be security, but you're telling me I can't touch someone or I can't like, well, then what am I doing?
0: I know, and I was thinking to myself, could you ever see yourself as like being being security with those kind of restrictions? Because I feel I feel like you would go hog wild on somebody if you had pro- proper cause. Proper cause, not not just arbitrarily. It would be
1: drop it. <laughs> Fuck you. Take
0: out the nightstick and whack him across the face. <laughs> Law and order. Law and order.
1: But honestly, like. I remember, I think it was hearing from somebody who grew up in the 60s or 70s. I can't remember. This was so long ago. I think this was like one of my parents' friends or someone who had grown up where there was a mob presence in like the 60s or whatever. And they were saying how when the mob was present, running shit like no, like no crime took place. Yeah. Like people didn't do dumb, dumb shit. Cause if you did something stupid. You got a visit and they whooped your ass or be making a scene or do, be acting a fool or doing whatever. And then when, you know, it dissolved or when they moved or whatever, when there was a transition, then like things started be- being shitty and people are being assholes and like neighborhood got trash but when the mob was there everything was cool (laughs) if you kept your cool everything else was cool if you acted a fool your behavior was corrected so that you wouldn't do it again (laughs) but think of that all the people who feel so entitled that make a scene all the karens of the of the world all the kevins of the world making a scene just bitching and bitching and bitching and verbal abuse that would be non-existent.
0: Dude. A perfect world. I think it's basic like human dignity. I like as horrible as the mob was, right? They still had a code of honor where, you know, you you played by the rules or you paid the price. Kind of thing. It's like Right. I can I can to a certain extent aside from the fact that they enriched themselves, like that's a whole separate thing. But they had law and order. And so I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel. I feel that tension.
1: When I think of if I lived in a different era, I would totally. I mean, I'm not Russian or Italian or you know Jewish or I don't. I don't. I have zero. I don't think I have any blood inside of me that would allow me to be in a, a cliche mob. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. But I think like a mobster or like Bonnie and Clyde or uh, like Biff from Back to the Future 3, you know, I'd be like Biff. uh, I would be a villain. I'd be the bad guy because my perception based on movies (laughs) (laughs) is that back in the day, prior to all this technology taking place the last 30 or 40 years, it felt like it was an even battlefield between the law and those that defied the law. There was a fairly even battlefield, whereas now police departments and other uh, aid- institutions that are security-based just have so much technology and so much money. It's like, it's yeah, I'm not going to rob a bank these days. I'm good. I'm good just peeing. I'm good just following the rules, (laughs) smoking weed here and there. Right. You know, I'll lay low and I don't want any trouble. So I'm
0: heading back out to the East Coast in mid-June or so. So at that point, everything kind of starts to come to a head as to what the future is going to hold. It's been crazy, dude. Like, I didn't realize the extent because now I've got, I think I've got eight wedding couples kind of registered for the next four months. And so right now, a lot of it is just going back and forth and trying to meet with all these wedding couples and um,
1: trying to remember everything about each of them in particular. I, I, I tr- Did you start making an organized file with each of them I, where you have their name, their birthdays? their wedding date, possible names they've mentioned that they want to name their children in the future, random statistics, any newspaper clippings if they were in high school sports or something crazy like that, or just anything, anything that makes them feel like they are the only wedding couple that you have on your agenda. Because this is their lives we're talking about, and the last thing you want to do is say, uh, hey, yeah, have a great weekend, Kevin. My name's Chris.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <sighs> all right. So you got you gotta you have to give me a little bit more credit than that, right? So I do finally have a fully filled out Excel sheet and I've got like the little tabs on the Excel sheet for every time I have a conversation, all of the like like random little particulars that they have just write down. I normally And this is weird because this is not something that I've done in a long time, Um, actually writing on paper, pen and paper. As I'm talking, I'm, like, scribbling down these notes. It's like, I can't remember since, like, seminary back in 2012, 2013, that I actually started writing down notes when I had a conversation with somebody, that was something I used to always do. And so I'm now trying to get myself back into the habit of doing that. And and then immediately, right afterwards, uploading. Dude, those pens. So, Victor, you're holding up two, two pens right now. And those are the exact pens that I use. I love those pens. What? I don't even know what those... The gel pens. The gel pens. The gel pens, pens are pens, amazing. Baby.
1: And I've been using them... I've only been using them for, like, the last two or three weeks. I had the big thing but oh. it gets to the point where you feel – because I love writing on paper, and I was thinking of – I've gifted uh, a fountain pen to my neighbor who moved away, uh, like, back in October, and then I gifted a fountain pen to Kyle for his birthday. I might buy one for myself because there's just something about writing that is just so smooth like and eloquent when you're and fresh. It. And, and fluid when you're writing and it's just great. And there's that penmanship that you think to yourself, you know what? When I write a lot, my pen, my penmanship gets sloppy, but these notes, they're looking pretty clean. Yeah. Good job.
0: (laughs) Right. And that's what I feel to myself too, is that normally when it comes to like typical pens or whatever, when I'm writing stuff down, just scribbling, 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 these pens, these, these, I don't know, gel pens or like the, the ballpoint pens, it just glides, and I can read my handwriting afterwards. And I think to myself, good job, Rex. You made a good decision.
1: I understand now why I've never had this experience. I think I've just seen it in the movies or someone told me about it or something where when someone's about to sign something and they're handed the paper and a pen, and then they're like, oh, no, I've got I've got my own. And they, ref- they grab the document to sign, they refuse the pen that the assistant hands them, and then they reach into their... Jacket pocket and pull out their own pen. I get it now because I feel like I need to level up and do that. And you know what? My freaking dad used to do that growing up. He carried around a fountain pen, and I never understood why no other pen was good enough for him except the fountain pen. And I was thinking as a kid, like, why do you need to refill it? Like, just get one. It's not going to, just get a regular pen. It, virtually, you will lose it before it needs to be. Uh, before it needs to be refilled, it's not going to get all over your pocket. But I understand now.
0: Total game changer. So yeah, that's uh, that was one of those things where it's just like with the note taking, right? Because I aside from like trying to furiously type on my keyboard to try and get all the information that I'm getting versus actually just like quickly scribbling it down, doing that so much easier. Holy cow! So yeah. I'm I'm adjusting. I'm adjusting because I'm going back to like like college and seminary days where that was my modus operandi and now um having been entrenched in digital media and just everything is just automatically populated in the fields. It's like that's yeah uh, it it's it, the information and the data is coming too quickly for me to be able to to do something like that. So got to got to have a pen just to
1: to jot that stuff down. All right episode 198 is in the books until next time until next time